0: Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. I want to preach from the subject today. We're in a, a series called The Missing Peace. And I want to preach from this subject today, the path of peace. The path of peace. Father, we come now before your word in the matchless name of Jesus Asking you to anoint me to preach and anoint every person to hear the word. Cancel every assignment from the enemy that would try to take away or distract or deter from this word. And we pray for a free flow of faith and the Holy Spirit as we learn from you. Speak, Lord, we are listening. In Jesus' name and the whole church said amen. And amen, and amen, amen, beautiful. Well, we learned last week that we're really going to live from one of two emotions. We're going to live from this Holy Spirit-led, Holy Spirit-governed emotion called peace, or we're going to live in anxiety, to be torn apart, to be divided, to be separated, We learned last week that anxiety is like a warning system. It's like a check engine light for our soul. That whenever we feel that anxiety, whenever we feel anxious, we are not to give into it or give up. But we're to see it as a moment for us to slow down, to get in the presence of God, and to find that perfect peace. That we do not have to live from a place of anxiety we can live from a place of peace anxiety is concern out of control that means that I can be concerned but I am still governing and the Holy Spirit is still governing my emotions so God promises us peace instead of anxiety again this word peace comes from a Hebrew word called shalom and it means confidence, righteousness, relief, trust, all right, security, welfare, calm, well-being, prosperity, wholeness, and completeness. I said last week, peace basically means the exact opposite of everything we've experienced in 2020. And, uh, and I'm so grateful for that because we are in an upside-down kingdom. Yeah. The, the writer of Hebrews said, anything that can be shaken will be shaken. So that we can see the unshakable kingdom of God. That means that while the whole world is being shaken, we can live in perfect peace. Not perfect circumstance, but perfect peace. And so peace is possible. Today I want to give you a pathway to peace. I want to to give you some handles. I want to give you some how-tos. And I really do think this is going to help you enter into the peace of God uh, for you that are wanting that and and, and it doesn't matter where you're at whether you feel like you have great mental health mental health or poor mental health whether you feel like you really deal with anxiety or or it's not really an issue for you either way we can live from a supernatural place called peace that is radically different than the emotions of the world. Here's number one for us to enter into this path of peace asking And thanking. Peace begins with asking and thanking. Paul said, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. Now, we talked about prayer last week, and I want to get now into this supplication and thanksgiving. Paul gives us three ways that we're going to have to. Break out of anxiety into peace. Three things that are going to take us out of being anxious and into being peaceful. We talked about prayer last week. And if you missed that, you can watch that on YouTube or on our podcast. All of those messages are free. But now I want to get into supplication or petition and thanksgiving. I I want to say this, that I've said this a million times. I'm going to say it a million more times. If you're thinking about it, pray about it. If you're worried about it, talk to God about it. With petition and thanksgiving. Some of you go, well, it's not big enough to pray about. No, no, no. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. If you're thinking about it, you might as well talk about it. I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but some things are so big in here. But the moment you start talking about it, and praying about it, you realize how small it is. Not that it's a small thing, but compared to how big you made it in your mind, the moment you pray about it, you're like, oh, it's not, okay, okay, I'm gonna make it. But as long as you internalize that thing and never talk to God about it, that thing has room to grow in your soul until it's completely dominating. I, I, I know I've experienced that. I'm just thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm dealing with it. I'm dealing with Have you ever fought with your spouse and you're so mad for days? Okay, well, you can't say amen, I guess. But for day, And it's just growing. And when you finally talk about it, you go, oh, I wasn't even that, oh, man. Why did I just let the devil have three days? Yeah. (laughs) So everyone's looking at Shannon. For you who are online, you're like, give me that wide shot. Let me see what, okay. With petition and thanksgiving, uh, let me just throw some things at you. Write it down and talk to God about what you need and what you want. Write it down. Just write it down. God, I'm believing for this, this, this. Write it down. And so it's okay. I know I was kind of picking at it last week, but you can have a prayer list. You can have a a desired dream, a desired goal, a desired, you know, prayer list that you're going through. As long as you've set that place apart to connect with God, and then you just begin to open up your heart to God about what you're believing for. In the NLT, verse 6 says it like this, New Living Translation, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Think, tell God what you need and then thank him. for. Tell and then thank. Everybody say tell, tell. and thank. Okay, so tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. See, I know a lot of people who pray, but they have no joy, they have no peace, they have no confidence. Let me tell you why. Because they only tell God what they need, but they never thank him for what he's already done. So the, 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 the telling, uh, the, the petition comes from a place of panic and not confidence, a place of fear and not gratitude. We're not telling God what we need because he doesn't know. We're not telling God what we need because he doesn't care. And we're hoping our prayer will make God care. We're we're opening our heart to God because it assures us. It reminds us. It sets us in a place of faith. Okay, so this is why when when I pray, let me just get real practical. I always pray with worship music. I don't pray in silence. I don't. I'm too ADD to pray in silence. I can't. I just... My stomach will growl, and I'll be like, I need to go eat. Or I wonder why it growls. Let me Google that. I want to find out. Okay, that's me. Come on, somebody. So <laughs> I'll pop my fingers and go, why do fingers pop? Let me, let me Google that. MD. Okay, Web MD. Okay. So I always play worship music when I pray. And, and here's why. So that any time I can take a praise break. Amen. Lord, I'm praying for this. 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 Lord, And then, and then over, after a while, I just go, you know, I just need to stop. And then I just start, you are good, good, oh, and I just worship. And then I remind myself of, okay, and then I start talking to God again. Worship centers my heart back on Jesus, centers my heart back on his goodness. And so I don't just go through the prayer list, but I'm telling and I'm thinking, petition and Thanksgiving. It's a, it's a fluid thing that's happening at the same time. Don't, don't break them up, but rather work them together. Um, again, this is why the Word of God is so important, because as you're praying, the, the, the reason that you should know the Word is because as you're praying, the promises of God start coming up in your heart. Yeah. And then you start thanking God for the promises of God. You start declaring the promises of God. Now, I want to I show you this in Scripture. When I'm, when I'm talking about from petition to thanksgiving, I want you to look at this. This is John 11. Jesus is raising his best friend from the dead. Jesus is raising Lazarus from the dead. He comes up on the scene. Lazarus is now four days dead. He's in the tomb. And the encounter starts in verse 5, the shortest verse in the Bible. All of you can remember this, and then you could say you know a scripture. John 11:35. 35, Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible, for real. So, so I want you to feel the emotion of the moment. The first thing that happens is Jesus weeps. Verse 38 says, Jesus being deeply moved. It's a really pretty Bible way of saying he was very angry. If you read that in the Greek language, he was literally snarling with anger. He was so frustrated. Okay, Jesus is weeping. Jesus is angry. Verse 41. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you. Yo. Anybody? Anybody? Am I speaking Chinese? Is this in English? Does this work? In seven verses, Jesus goes from sadness to anger to joy. this is prayer. You can pray sad. You can pray mad. But it is in the Father, I thank you that the peace comes. It's in the Father, I thank you that the joy comes. It's in the Father, I thank you that the emotions change. You shouldn't pray sad and pray mad and say amen. You got to leave prayer with a little victory. You got to leave prayer with, okay, God heard me. So, so Jesus has a prayer and petition. He begins in tears. We don't need to worry about why he, you know, a lot of people argue about why did Jesus cry and why was he weeping? None of that really matters. The, the, what matters for us is that you can cry. You can be angry. You can go to God with those kind of emotions. But then somewhere you finally go, but Father... I thank you. I thank you that you have heard me. I thank you and I know that you always hear me. He starts to remind himself of the faithfulness of the Father. He starts to remind himself of the goodness of God. He begins to remind himself of his relationship with the Father. Yes, we can be sad. Yes, we can be mad. Yes, we can go to God with all kinds of different emotions. But then if we want that thing to shift, if we want our mindset to change, if we want something to lift in our heart, there eventually has to come a moment where I stop talking about it because God knows it and I know it. I'm done. Father, I thank you. You heard me. Amen. Say amen, everybody. Come on, clap your hands if you believe this. I thank you. You heard me. I thank you. You always hear me. Whew. There has to be that prayer in thanksgiving. Now, in a recent research study done on 300 college students who all dealt with mental health issues, doctors Joshua Brown and Joel Wong from the University of Indiana tried to find out if gratitude would help their mental health. Now, the reason they did this with people who had mental health issues is because they already knew that gratitude helped those who had no mental health issues. So that's already been scientifically proven. Now they wanted to know what it helped those who are struggling. So they now wanted to know what it would do with this group. Now, I'll, I'll po- I posted this on my Facebook yesterday. I'll post it on, on my Instagram today so you can have the link. I'll just, so I'm just going to read two uh, paragraphs. Here's what they found. We randomly assigned our study participants into three groups. Although all three groups received counseling... The first group was instructed to write one letter of gratitude to another person each week for three weeks. Whereas the second group was asked to write about their deepest thoughts and feelings about negative experiences, basically, Facebook. (laughs) The third group didn't do anything. What did we find? Compared with the participants who wrote about negative experiences or only received counseling, those who wrote gratitude letters reported significantly better mental health issues uh, mental health 12 weeks later. This shows that gratitude writing can be a beneficial, can be beneficial, not just for the healthy, well-adjusted individuals, but also for those who struggle with mental health concerns. In fact, it seems, practicing gratitude on top of receiving psychological counseling carries greater benefits than counseling alone, even when the gratitude practice is brief. Okay. So 2020, years after the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians, science is proving what Paul knew by the Holy Spirit. Paul in a prison cell writes to a church in Philippians we have the book of Philippians and 19 times Paul tells the Philippians to have joy or to rejoice. <laughs> he's giving us a key to mental health that he doesn't even know it but the Holy Spirit knows it because he's a genius. Even when you cannot control what's going on around you you can control what's going on in you. Paul is talking about gratitude, rejoicing, and joy. Nineteen times in the book of Philippians to a persecuted church. He's under persecution in a prison cell saying, we gotta, you got to keep rejoicing. Rejoicing. You got to keep it up. You got to keep praising. You got to keep the gratitude levels high. Paul did not know that by the Holy Spirit, he would be proven right by scientists over 2,000 years later that found that if you could just get grateful... It could rewire your brain towards mental health. Okay, let's go back three thousand years. Psalm one hundred and nineteen, verse ninety-nine. Your testimonies are my meditation. My God, will that preach? God, your God, what you've done in my life—that's my meditation. What the Your testimonies, God, the things you've done for me, the things you've spoken to me, the times I've felt your presence, the times you've illuminated scripture, the times you've healed, the times you've delivered, the times you've comforted. God, your testimonies in my life, that will be my meditation. I will not meditate on anything else but on what you've done, what you've said, what you've spoken. That is my meditation, and that is where I find my joy. And that is where I find, I'm preaching. If anybody wants to help me preach, I'm, I'm giving it my best right now. I know you're saying amen online. You've your testimonies. I love that, that it's not even my testimony, but your testimony. We sing a song, this is my testimony. I guess it's not really ours, is it? It's God's, it's what God's done in my life. And I'm choosing to think about pray about rejoice about find hope in what God has already done because what he's already done is the clearest picture I have of what he will do I'd love for you to write down three things that you're grateful for right now throw it in your phone maybe send it in a text to someone you love Maybe throw it in the chat if it's not too personal. Hey. But (laughs) three things. Three things. I can think of three things right now. Grateful for my wife. Boom. Quick. Easy. She's awesome. In that black mask. Hey. Grateful for my daughter. Super cute this morning. Walked in. Twirled around in a new dress. Didn't have to ask her to do it. She just did it. Amazing. Yeah. Can I keep going? you want me to say something else? Grateful for my dinner last night. Had a chicken quesadilla. It was fire. Made it myself. Grilled my chicken. I keep going. Grateful for you. Wish I could see you through that mask, but I know you're smiling at me. I'm grateful we could keep going. I'm grateful for the sunshine. Amen. Yes. Anything it doesn't always have to be so super spiritual. Whatever, just you just got to keep gratitude. Okay, no, okay, okay, okay. Asking and thinking number two: thinking before feeling. Okay, we're on a path to peace. We're on a path to peace, and and for me to be on a path to peace, I have to think before I feel. Huh. Whatever things are true. Whatever things are noble. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report. Think. On these things. And the peace of God. Think. Okay. Now I want you to feel this. Because I I see tension in this. Because peace is an emotion. Peace is a feeling. I feel the peace of God. When the Holy Spirit is ruling and reigning in my heart. But this feeling. Feeling, this emotion, comes from my thinking. The emotion comes from thoughts, not from feelings. Feelings don't produce feelings. Thoughts produce feelings. You got to know that because, see, this is why your feelings are all jacked up. This is why you have anxiety. Because you won't address thoughts. So you, you... You think you have to, I have to get to Hawaii and I have to have a vacation. That's a feeling. I gotta get to the beach. That's a feeling. I gotta eat that thing or drink that thing or take that thing or, that's a feeling. But feelings don't produce feelings. Feelings. That's why as soon as you get back from vacation, you still jacked up. That's why as soon as you eat the cheesecake, you're like, ah. As soon as the high lifts, you're like, okay, I'm back to square one. Because feelings don't produce feelings. Paul didn't say, feel these things. He said, think on these things. Because your emotions are not connected to your emotions. Is this too deep at 10.30 in the morning? You're like, I just, I haven't had coffee. It's early. Emotions are tied to my thoughts. Thoughts produce emotions. And my thoughts are either producing anxiety or peace, not both. So what is a thought? A thought is to consider, to take into account, to weigh out. To meditate on. A thought is the opinion produced by thinking. Okay. A thought is, I feel like Dr. Caroline Leaf this morning, but I haven't, I didn't steal any of her stuff, but I feel like her this morning. A thought, somebody will go read her books. A thought is the opinion produced by thinking. My thoughts and my thought life are producing in me anxiety or peace not my feelings. Anxiety is an emotion. Peace is an emotion, but they're not produced by feelings. They're produced by thinking. (sighs) Again, this is why you need the word. Let me just say this again. That's why you need the word. See, because when you pray, let me go back to point one. When you pray, there is nothing you're about to say to God that he doesn't already know. I got a little swag this morning, man. Did you see that? There's there's nothing you're about to tell God. He's like, oh my God, me. Ah, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were, there's nothing. But there is a lot in the word that you don't know. Either by knowledge or by revelation. So yes, I need to talk to God. But there's nothing new there. But there's a lot new here. And this is directly impacting my thoughts, and my thoughts are directly impacting my peace. So in prayer, God hears my heart, but in the word, God shapes my heart. In prayer, God hears my heart, but, but in, in the word, God shapes my heart. And I think a lot of us don't believe that our thinking and our feeling are connected. So we feed our mind all day with the wrong thoughts and then wonder why we're so emotionally unhealthy. Okay. So, so let's just talk about culture for a sec. I, I, made, I said last week I will not talk about politics, but let me just talk about our culture. There is nothing wrong with venting or sharing your opinions or even your outrage on social media. There's nothing wrong with it, okay? Just take into consideration the toll it is taking on your mental health. Just take it in, because it's not helping you. Even if what you're posting is right, even if what you're posting is true, even if what you're posting, to post opinion, outrage, or truth even. Just, just take that, just take it into consideration before you post. Because it's one thing if I share my opinion, my outrage, and even truth with people I know and love. But the moment you throw that publicly, now people you don't know and love get to go, well, actually. Well, did you know? Well. And, and you're not wrong for posting it. And they're not wrong. For commenting. But you both just lost the day. You just both lost peace. Because now there's so, yeah, there's so much. But I got to share because I got to. Maybe you do. Maybe that's, maybe that's your cross to bear. Um, No, I'm not. (laughs) I know I'm really not being, I'm telling you it. If that's it, if that's going to be your fight, that's your fight. But just know what you're giving up for that. You're giving up you for that. And you're not the Savior. I only have so much room in my soul. I only have so much room in my soul for what's going on. Now, let me just explain scientifically what's happening with social media. Okay, so, we're, so you get on Facebook, and you're bombarded with images. Within five minutes, you're going to see somebody die. And then you're going to see a wedding. <laughs> and then you're going to see a, a violent protest. And then you're going to see a prayer request for someone who has cancer. And then you're going to see a person on vacation at the beach. And then you're going to see all lives matter, black lives matter, blue lives matter. And then you're going to see, here's my new baby. And then you're going to see Biden. Then you're going to see Trump. Even if your friends don't post about it, an ad will pop up. Okay, so in five minutes... You just got 10 different things. Now let me tell you what it does to you. This is, this is now proven. It makes you numb to all of it. So you're not happy about the baby and you're not grieved about the cancer. And you can't celebrate the wedding and you can't be sad over the, over the death. You're just numb. You're just gray. Because we were never built. Our brains were never built for Facebook. They just weren't. They just weren't built. God didn't design us to take in that much. So now we're numb. Or now we're cold. Or now we're just angry. Or now we're just... And, and, and we, we don't feel anymore, and we're losing peace. Okay. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Anything that doesn't line up with Philippians 4.8, I need to limit or cut out of my life. You tell me I can't be on social media? No, of course not. Dude, I'm saying, okay, here's how to treat social media. Are y'all ready? Anybody ready? I got one amen over there. Anybody ready? Okay, okay, okay. I know it's hard to talk back with the mask. I'm, I'm being, treat social media like alcohol. I thought about bringing a phone and a bottle of Jack up here, but I was like, someone's going to get offended. Maybe for the 1130. Nobody saved at 1130. <laughs> treat social media like alcohol. Yeah, okay. Last week I offended all the pot smokers, so let me offend all the drinkers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Some of you can have it. Some of you can have it. You can go to dinner, have a glass of red, you good. Some of you can have a drink on a Saturday night. Easy. You're not losing control. You're not overindulging. You can do it. But but no matter at what level you drink, you should have accountability and you could you should have people in your life that can go that's enough. That's enough. Yeah. Heard an old phrase that said one is never enough <laughs> and two is never enough and then three is too much. But but whatever your view is on alcohol just you have to have somebody in your life who can go, all right, we're done. Okay, that, that's just how it should be because the Bible calls to be sober-minded. So at the, at the moment we lose that, you got to limit it. Okay, treat social media like alcohol. Here's another thing. Some of you should not touch it. You shouldn't even touch it. We're talking about alcohol or social media, both. (laughs) Because you know you, you know you can't just have one. You know that, you know that you're not going to be able to be, you know it's going to awaken something in your soul. So some of you should just go, yep, no, I'm done with alcohol, I'm done, done. And in the same way, some of you, if you really care about your mental health, have to go, I have to, I can't touch it. I just can't touch it. It's just not worth, it's not worth my peace. It's not worth, it's not worth it. Some of you should. Some of you should limit it. Some of you should fast from it. Some of you should make rules about how much you can watch and, and, and when you can get on. The average American is now spending 10 hours a day on electronics, on media in general, from TV to Instagram, from your phone to your iPad to your laptop to your TV, 10 hours a day. And we wonder why we're so messed up. My thinking and my feeling are connected. Lastly, number three. uh, Let me have the, let me have Zach, come on up. Practice makes perfect. (laughs) Verse nine, whatever you learned or received or heard or seen in me. Put it into practice. Here's how I want you to approach mental health. I want you to approach mental health from the idea of the long haul. This is not a 100 yard dash to freedom, this is a marathon of mental health, of peace. Think of mental health the way you would think of physical health. If you want to be physically healthy, it's a lifestyle. You don't don't want to drop 50 pounds in a month. You don't want to to be on a yo-yo diet. You don't want to do that to your body and your metabolism. And you don't want to do that. You You want a healthy lifestyle, not a diet or not a, you know, you want... a a lifestyle that you can live by in the same way that you would do that physically that's how you have to treat mental health I'm in for a long journey ahead where I'm going to stay healthy mentally so I'm committing to not running this thing like a hundred yard dash I'm I'm committing to running this thing like a marathon it's going to yeah yeah Commit to long term walking with Jesus in peace. The very first picture we see of God with humanity is in Genesis. And what do we see? They walked together in the cool of the day. Can I tell you, all God ever wanted was a walk. But then the people would sin, and then they would cry out for a miracle, and then God would deliver and they would go right back so basically here is the Old Testament in a nutshell rebel, repent, miracle, repeat rebel, repent, miracle, repeat rebel, repent, miracle, repeat and all God ever wanted was a walk I just he he shows up to Adam and Eve for their daily walk and he goes where are you guys it's time for our walk Eventually, as worship and fellowship began to be restored to God, we find Enoch, the Bible said he walked with God. This is not, I believe God for miracles, and some of you, I believe, can get a miracle today, but I, but I want you to be committed to the walk. Proverbs 13, walk with the wise, become wise. 2 Corinthians 5, we walk by faith and not by sight. Matthew 4, Jesus said, follow me or walk with me. Ezekiel 11 says to walk in my statutes. Romans 8 says, walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. Psalm 89 said, walk in the light. Isaiah 41 said, you would walk and not be faint. Revelation 3 says, walk with me. First Corinthians chapter 11, Jesus says, excuse me, the Apostle Paul says, follow me, walk with me as I follow Christ. Christianity is not complicated. You just have to give up control. <laughs> Easy. Can I say that one more time? Christianity is not complicated. You just don't get to be the leader. The path of peace is in following, not leading. Paul said, do what I do. What you've seen in me, what you've heard in me, what you've you've experienced around me, do that. And the God of peace will be with you. Put it into practice. I'm on the path of peace. And I'm on a slow walk. I go back to Isaiah 41 because I I think that, you know, we'll mount up with wings like eagles. We'll run and not grow weary. We'll walk and not be faint. And I remember Jensen, Pastor Jensen, telling me, he said, Jabin, so many of us want to soar like eagles. And then we want to run. And he told me, he said, but all God wants is a walk. See, Luke, Isaiah 41 would really preach if it was the opposite. You're going to walk and not faint. Ah! But then you're going to run and not grow weary. And then we're going to go from glory to glory. And we're going to soar like eagles, right? Wouldn't that? Oh, my God, that'd preach. Yeah, yeah, Right? Wouldn't that? Tonight I'm going to talk about walking and running and soaring. Ah! And yet, it's the exact opposite. You get saved, and you start soaring, man. I love Jesus! Come to church with me! But you got no foundation. You got a lot of zeal, but you you don't know the word. (laughs) You don't know if you quoted Buddha or Jesus or (laughs) Dr. Phil, but you're just fired up. And then you're running. And I think there's seasons to soar, and I think there's seasons to run. But I... But if we're going from glory to glory, we're actually the glory. The unbroken fellowship of Genesis 2 before sin was a walk. I'm just, I'm on a path of peace and I'm walking. So give yourself some grace as you're entering into this peace. It's a walk, it's for the long haul. Peace. I'm on a path of peace. Amen. Whew. Hallelujah. I just lift your hands right here in the building, right there online. I declare that the peace of God is with you now. The peace of God is ruling peace of God is reigning in your heart the peace of God is guarding you the peace of God is your chief foundational emotion father we commit to being on a path of peace thank you Jesus I speak against anxiety. I speak against depression. Speak against those thoughts of death and fear, panic that grip the hearts and minds of your people. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, release your peace right now to be a guardian over their heart and their minds. By the power of the name of Jesus, let it be so now. Let deliverance take place right now. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 21. Jesus said, Peter, Satan has come. And he's asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. I pray for you now. And I cancel the assignment of hell over you. I cancel the false prophecy spoken over your life. I cancel the fear that is trying to lead, the anxiety that's trying to lead. Though Satan has asked us if you like wheat, we pray for you now. And I declare your faith will not fail. And you will see the victory. Thanks be to God who causes us to triumph in his name. And I declare victory over you and your household in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just before we end this moment of prayer, if there's anyone watching right now who does not know Jesus, who has never given their life to Christ, pray with me. There's people in this room right now, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to rededicate your life. There's people online, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to rededicate your life. Pray with me now. Everyone out loud, let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I call upon your name. I believe you died for me, and I believe you rose again for me. I turn from my old life, and I turn towards you. I declare with all of my heart, Jesus is Lord of my life.